2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning. Welcome to the Stacey West Podcast. This is episode
3: 234. My name
2: is Gary, and today I am joined by Mr. Lamming. How are we
3: doing, sir? Hello. Very well, thank you. Very well indeed, apart from being too bloody hot. But yeah, all good. You? You do look a little red in the face. People can't see it, but you do, yeah, you look a little bit flustered today. Yeah, well, um, it's been a very nice working week. So once a year, the organisation I work for put on a, an event, for like like company wide, which is kind of national. Meet up at the University of Northampton, which is like a big two-day event. Um, And it was was called Thrive Fest. It was brilliant, but it was all outside on Thursday, which was the hottest day of the year. It felt like it anyway. So I got a little toasty
2: thrive fest i think i've seen that on vhs video i think dad used to keep it in a bottom drawer somewhere <laughs> out of the way uh many many moons ago yeah well i've had a, a, a stop start week it was the second week of jury service but i, I didn't end up with a case but you know you kind of to and from and all that sort of stuff so um yeah it's been a little bit a little bit unusual uh to be honest and obviously with with no football and recovering from last weekend uh our um uh so. yeah heavy drinking so to speak so uh just getting just getting ready for next week cuz obviously we are you and i and i mean obviously plenty of other people are going to a, an event at the Adam and Eve for calm uh, in, mm-hmm. um uh, in aid of calm so yeah just getting kind of ready i think for that
3: yeah a week so. to recover from last week and then a week prep for the next one
2: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and i need it as a 44 year old man i really have felt it and, and obviously i'm doing and people may have seen on online, I'm doing a, a, a sponsored run trying to do 60 miles in September for calm, very generously raised up to uh, 300 pound at the moment, but it's it's killing me because obviously the weather's been so warm and I've had to kind of squeeze runs in where I can first thing in the morning. I've done four runs in a row and I do run by the way, um, but not don't four you? in a row. Yeah. Not four days in a bloody row. And like last night I went out on one and it, honestly, I got about halfway around and I thought the only way I'm, cause I don't want to walk any of it. But mm-hmm. If I need a wee, I've got to stop, haven't I? So I was, like, it was the first time I'd ever had a wee where it wasn't as much to have a wee as it was to comfort. But anyway, we're not going to start talking about toilet habits. Otherwise, we'll come on to the fact that Mr. Lamming didn't own a toilet brush until Tuesday. Uh, but nobody
3: wants to know I could that that was uncovered, <laughs> wasn't it?
2: I'm not going to go into it, but I could see Charlie's in the green room because we're going to bring him in a little bit later on. And he just had an absolute look of horror on his face.
4: Hi, I'm Nat and You're listening to the Stacey West podcast.
2: So people may note that there's a little edit there um, and there's a reason that there's a little edit there uh, and that's because we started talking about defecation. So I'm going to move on from
3: that quite quickly. We'll we to talk, to talk about defecation, actually. I think I'd like yeah,
2: Okay, yeah. yeah, I I brought it down. Bring back Ben, I think, is what a lot of people are going to be saying after that, to be honest. Um, mind you, he, he took you shit as well. So, um, you know, <laughs> we're on a level there. <laughs> Oh, should we start talking about the loans market? And we'll pick Let's up the news. Yeah, we'll pick up the news, first of all, that uh, Morgan of Worst Fault, Greg, who's central midfielder with the Imps, has gone out on loan to um, Long Eaton United, who are playing at the level below the National League North and South, I believe. Yeah, step um, seven. It's a step up, I think we said from last season, didn't we, Clee, I think it's a step up from Cleetown. Two. So, look, I cards on the table I'm going to be honest i would be really really surprised if Morgan um, becomes a, a first team Lincoln City player in all honesty um, but I think that it's you know it's good to get him out it's good to get him out getting some regular football players can come on really really quickly and can grow and develop really quickly so so kind of who knows but he's someone we haven't seen an awful lot of who's very very much kind of on the fringes I think of, of any first team setup.
3: Yeah, I, I think from the evidence that we've got so far and the evidence we have seen, which is, yeah, reports from performances in you know lower levels of non-league and the handful of pre-season appearances that we've been witness to. Um, yeah, I think, you know, he needs football, go out and get some football and, and players develop at different rates, don't they? And, you know, as things stand, yeah, he looks like he's quite a long way away from the first team. He's also very young. Just because Freddie Draper, for example, has kind of shot onto the scene and, and Sean Rowan has doesn't necessarily mean that other players that haven't quite had that meteoric rise can't have a a, a part to play coming, going forward. But yeah, going out and playing hopefully week in, week out at a, a good level for someone of his age. You know, it's a really physical, um, really physical level of football that there's a lot of ex-pros that play at that level as well. So it'll be a good test for him. Fingers crossed you can go out there, and get some really good experience and and come back this time next year maybe just that little step closer to, to the first team.
2: Are you surprised that Ocean Gallagher hasn't gone out yet?
3: Yes. Yes, I am.
2: Yeah. Well, there we go, listeners. Fascinating insight there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just wonder if he might be one that we're looking at loaning out to Drahida.
3: To go uh, Ireland. Sure. Yeah, good point. Had... And that won't be until sort of February sort of time that their season starts, though. So we're keeping in the squad until January, see what yeah, happens yeah. then. And then it'll be like a, a loan out for the second half of the season. Maybe with one eye on him playing, you know, a f- almost a full season in the Irish League throughout the summer, and then seeing where he stands because he's he has he's been the one that's kind of probably been the closest to the first team without really breaking into it because he's featured in so many squads and been in the been in the seventeen eighteen now i made mean, such sort of a good name now the eighteen isn't it um a few times but we've very very already seen him so yeah it'd be interesting to see if and what happens to to O'Sheen because it seems like he's the one that's just that little bit closer than, than the likes of Morgan Wurstwald, Greg.
2: Now, I had a great segue planned there and I realised that I've now got to mention another player instead. So we'll park the segue for a minute because obviously people may not be aware and it certainly hasn't been heavily promoted, but MJ Kamara appears to be out on loan as well. So he's the lad we picked up from and I'm happy to be corrected. Bromley, Boreham I think it's one Bromley. Of,
3: yeah, I one should of know. The, one I of the... edited it over the manager Yeah, a couple of days ago. I should really know
2: this. One of the National League teams to begin with B. I always get those two mixed up. They were both, they both beat us, I think, in the National League season once or twice. Um, Didn't Mm -hmm. like either of them particularly. So he was quite a prospect there. He came through, signed for the Imps. I think we saw him in a pre-season game or two. Um, It looks like he's out at Barwell Town. And I believe, actually, I could have had a segue because isn't that where O um, O C Gallagher was last season?
3: It is, yeah. And it's in the same league. I think it's the same league. It's definitely the same level. I think it's the same league that um, Long Eater should so be playing against Morgan wursewald Greg at some point throughout the season.
2: Yeah. So there are a couple of players, I think. that I think MJ's a little bit younger, isn't he? If, if I remember He is, yeah. He's only
3: 17, I think. Um, and yeah. he's already signed a pro deal. Yeah. So he signed that in the summer. Uh, so he's obviously, you know, normally you, you get offered your pro deal at the end of your two-year scholarships so or at the age of 18. He's already been offered it at the age of 17. So there's clearly... Um, yeah, there's clearly a prospect there from the club's perspective. So, you know, if anybody's playing at the same level that saw Greg's playing at um, a year or arguably two years younger, then, you know, it's a good sign, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think wasn't Sean Rowan also signed on a professional contractor before the end of his academy stint yes, as well? he
3: was. Yeah, you're right. If
2: I remember correctly. So i will go back to that segue now that I parked earlier. So we were talking about Gallagher being a, a good shout, I think, for going out to Drahida on loan. Um, another player I think who could be a good shout for going out to the Heater on loan, particularly given that he's currently at a team, um, is Hayden Can. Now, Hayden has had. One of those kind of nomadic loans, where he's been to Lincoln United, and then he's gone to Gainsborough Trinity. They liked him at both of those places. He's now gone to Peterborough Sports. Now I've seen Peterborough Sports play Lincoln United, and they are now at a higher level than Gainsborough Trinity. So it's you know they they're really a team on the rise, and I think they're a team that you know within the next three or four years we could viably see in the national league itself, which is from where they've come is is utterly phenomenal. So fair play to them for that. Um, so he's playing uh, the left centre back role. Uh, I think he's playing left of a three. I might be incorrect there, but I think he's playing left of a three for Peterborough Sports. Um, He's been up against the likes of Scunthorpe United. Um, They drew uh, one all and he played 101 minutes. I mean, he's very much a first team player there. I think by the looks of him... He's played 90 minutes in every game. game. Yeah, he's played every minute. Um, They really like him. And I've got a sneaky suspicion. We saw him at pre-season. We saw him at Boston Mm -hmm. and... The Hayden can that we saw first off a couple of years ago was a boy. The Hayden can that came on against Boston was a. Was a he looked like a monster to me. He looked like a. Yeah, you know, he looked like a man. I do wonder if he has another. If he continues the form he's got, at Peterborough Sports is he a candidate for Jaidah?
3: Yes, I think one hundred percent. And um, I remember our conversation in pre, maybe late in pre-season before he'd gone out on loan to Peterborough Sports. And he was almost almost like a little bit like the forgotten man, because we were talking about needing a centre back, and we kind of thought, well, let's not forget about Hayden Can. He looked really impressive in preseason. He played a lot in preseason. Uh, I, we've now realised that the squad numbers that the players wore in preseason meant nothing, but at the time, he was wearing number four. With, wow, does that mean something? Um, so, um, but he did look every inch uh, professional f- football. Again, professional football, didn't he? Um, when, when he came on and played. So, yeah, I think I think he's maybe closer than, than we realised. And also, he was out of contract in the summer. And he was off a new deal. And, you know, at the age of, I think he's 20 now. So he'd, he'd done his scholarship. He got offered his first pro two year pro deal that expired. He'd never made a first team appearance. And it's normally at that point, it's a bit of a crossroads for most players that haven't made that appearance yet. It's normally a, you know, you go out, you go elsewhere, you go three or four steps down and you, you kind of rebuild your career. You got offered a new deal. I think that said a lot. And yeah, he's gone out. He's gone out on loan to Peter sports, played every single minute so far at a, a really competitive level of football. You know, there are professional clubs in that league. Um, he's not at a professional club, so he'll still be training with our first team Monday uh, to Friday. He'll be training a couple of evenings a week for Peterborough Sports and then obviously playing for them on a Saturday. So he'll still be very much involved in the first team setup at Lincoln. But yeah, I think that be, he'd be a, a prime candidate to go across to Drakida. Let's wait and see.
2: I think what we've got with Hayden is a player who or is a demonstration of a player doesn't have to burst onto the scene. And I think sometimes there's that feeling, like Sean Rowan, burst onto the scene, then kind of faded away a little bit. Freddie Draper, the same. And actually young players, I think we get conditioned these days by the Premier League to think that a young player has to come in and he has to own the world and and kind of clean up naturally. Sometimes it's that long game. Sometimes it's that kind of longer progression. And I always go back to the Wigan striker, Callum Lang. Okay, He didn't have as many games at a lower level but you know he, he served his time he did loan spell after loan spell and then it's come good for them and I think Alex I mean with the keeper it's maybe a little bit different but Alex Palmer was another who was at Worcester and Kidderminster and Notts County I think and, and I, I just yeah I've got a sneaky suspicion that Hayden can is on a crash course with at least the fringes of the first team and what yeah, I, I would also say what I would also say is
3: He's a Lincoln boy as well, so yeah, actually, a bit more, doesn't it? I know there's been yeah. a little criticism, well, not criticism, but just people saying that the, some of the lads that have come through the academy just because they're not they're not Lincoln lads and they don't necessarily, um, therefore, feel like our own homegrown players. Like they are every every bit a homegrown player, um, you know. Our academy has, has, has created them, but with Hayden being a local lad, it just it just hits that little bit harder, I suppose, doesn't it? In terms of your um, examples, there, I suppose probably the highest profile that would be Harry Kane. You know, Harry Kane had loans at. Late in Orient, he had loans at Norwich, had loans at Leicester before he then had even a sniff of a a first team chance at at Tottenham. And then, you know, we all know he's turned into one of the best centre forwards in the world. So, yeah, and it didn't happen overnight for him at all. So, yeah, I think Hayden can could be on on a similar trajectory there, certainly.
2: We're bumbling our way through non league football a little bit, as you can tell. We don't know whether Matt Reed's injured. We're not non league football experts anymore because we're League One. One non league football expert that we have been talking to about our next player is Callum Mosley. Callum Mosley is a Solihull Moors fan. Um, he has been watching Jay Ben and he's been talking to Charlie um,
5: about uh, all about Jay Ben. So, Callum, Jay Ben, um, why don't you tell me how he's getting on over with you guys at Solihull?
6: Yeah, so um, he came in, basically, we've had have had a back four for the last couple of seasons, obviously mm-hmm. had a um, managerial change in the summer, uh, Andy Wing came in, and we've changed to a back three with wing-backs as well, well, back three, back five with wing-backs. Um, mm-hmm. We had, obviously, a right-back called James Clark, who was one of the best, I'd say, I'd say honestly, I think, in the league, um, but he's moved to right centre-back, it left the gap that needed filling, and obviously, explains why Jay Ben came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest mate he started like genuinely took like a duck to water he's just started off brilliantly for, for Solio really at the ground running um, he's featured in every game for so Solio this season um, last Saturday against Oxford was the only time he'd actually been subbed off since right. he's come in Um, and yeah he's been solid he's uh, got three assists already this season in six mm-hmm. games so he's I think his stats I think he's like the best um, Highest assisting defender, so yeah, he's oh, literally okay. started brilliantly. Like genuinely,
5: Well that's really impressive. So obviously, the assists are one are one big thing. Uh, the fact that he, he's getting forward a lot is that from you know are those assists coming primarily from crosses, things like that?
6: Yeah, getting getting forward and putting the balls into the box. Um, he's getting through. He's, he's not scared to get forward. Is one thing I've noticed. He loves getting mm-hmm. forward, but unlike sort of. Unlike a lot of the modern day fullbacks, he can defend at the same time, so it helps. He can do both jobs, which yeah, uh, yeah, is a massive plus for us.
5: That's that's really impressive, and that's just you know, it's it's really promising. Listening to that because that's you know, it, he may then be able to suit Lincoln's system if slash when he were to come back towards yeah. maybe get into the first team fold. Do you, so so when you when you look at J Ben, you know, when you're in the national league, there are obviously, different calibres of players. And yeah. Re- recently, obviously, the National League, with a lot of the spotlight that it's had on it over the past couple of seasons, has obviously had more bigger-name players willing to sort of come down and drop into the league. Yeah. As though it is effectively, you know, we talk about it more nowadays as more of a, an English fifth, the fifth football league, you know, yeah. rather than non-league. Um, do, you, do you think... Jay Ben is the sort of player that could quite easily make it into the EFL within, you know, if it were next season, let's say, and he could be starting in a League One side. Do you think that's the kind of progression that you wouldn't be too surprised if it were to happen from him?
6: Um, to be honest, yeah, I think he's sh- what he's shown so far, obviously, it is only early, early doors, but what he's mm-hmm. so- he's came in and it's like he's he already appears as though he's sort of very high at this level. Yeah. And obviously he's only going to get better the more he plays. Um so yeah, I do genuinely I think obviously the quality between League Two and the National League has also got a lot closer. It's a lot easier for clubs like Wrexham yeah. and that like, to make the jump up. Um and obviously that's counting kind of as well. And like and I think, yeah, I think generally I think he'll be pushing I'd hope so anyway, for him to be pushing for Lincoln. Obviously, I know Lincoln have got established sort of League One players. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, I think he'll be definitely banking himself to progress and push for a starting spot next season. Whether he starts from the off for Lincoln, obviously, I I think it might be a bit where he has to sort of bide his time a little bit. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen sort of so far, yeah, I think i am definitely back him to be pushing next season. I can see why Lincoln made the investment in the first place to bring him in.
5: Well, that's, again, it's really positive. And we've seen very little of j ultimately, um, obviously, he went out to Bohemians for the second half of last season. Yeah, um, but I remember one game in particular. It was Barnsley away in the Papa John's Trophy. He played for us, and he, and he looked—he looked, you know, a proper good right wing back uh, in that game. So, promise—it's really promising to hear that he's carrying on with that in that kind of vein of form. Um, you obviously mentioned that he gets back a lot, and his, his recovery numbers are really high as well. You know, he—he's yeah. obviously not afraid to go in for a tackle um, on that kind of know what's his what's his discipline like is he somebody that you expect to maybe pick up quite a few yellow cards over the season or is he actually smart in his challenges
6: um he has picked up a couple of yellow cards so far but Mm -hmm. again obviously i i don't want to cause contrast but the national the refereeing quality in national is nowhere (laughs) near as good as what it should be um is overall i think most tackles he goes in for he wins and he wins cleanly Um, I don't expect him to be in trouble too often. He will pick up the odd sort of card, especially in the National League, because it's quite a physical league. But he's more than sort of holding his own. Um, He may get, like, obviously, I know, I think he gets suspension after, like, five yellows, so he may end up with one of them. But I can't see him being a guy that will be, you know, being sent off every week or booked every week. I don't think that will apply to him. He's quite smart in that sense.
5: Well, that's that's good then you know if if he is tracking back and sometimes he's having to catch up to a runner for example as long yeah. as he he's smart enough to to know when is when is the right time to be making the challenge and like you say sometimes that sometimes that is necessary but not not that often really in the grand scheme of things um so taking a little bit of a step back then Solihull moors this season obviously will as Lincoln fans, we'll, we'll all be kind of looking at you each week to see how you're doing, considering you've got Jay ben in the squad. Yeah. Whereabouts are you looking for, hoping to be come, you know, April, May next year?
6: Yeah, so obviously solid for the last few seasons, minus last season, have always been in and around the playoff places. Um, mm-hmm. Last season, we started brilliantly. And then as soon as it hit sort of November, it's hard to explain. It just sort of just capitulated a little bit. Um I think, obviously, the start we've made is extremely promising. We're the only side in the league that's still unbeaten. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're playing against Woking this afternoon. Yeah. Um, I still think, yeah, I think I back Andy Wing all the way. I think he can definitely take us into sort of around the playoffs. I don't think there's too much pressure to get the playoffs, which I actually think is helping us a little bit, mm-hmm. because it's taking a lot of the pressure off. We've got a new squad. There's a lot of new signings, including nicely Jay, that's came in. I think in and around the playoffs, yeah, I'll be more than happy with that come sort of April sign next year
5: well hopefully yeah that would be that would be really good and it it might be good to go and watch Jay Ben in the National League Player Final next season it would certainly be be nice (laughs) (laughs) too right well thank you very much Callum and that's like I say really really positive to hear all about Jay
6: Ben yeah no worries mate cheers for having me on
2: brilliant so Callum uh, thank you Charlie thank you uh, Callum Callum is a writer for the Real EFL, so go and check out his work um, if, you, uh, if you can. So, Jay ben I'm um, certainly making an impression at Solihull. Now, the big thing um, for me was that James Clark, I think, was their right back last season, and he was a, a, a big player for them. There was talk of him moving on in the summer. So, when Jay ben signed, Callum said, what position does he play right back? I can't play right back because we've got James Clark for that. Well, actually, he, he obviously has been playing right back. Um, he's got, I think, a couple of assists, three assists, three assists in... in six games. Six games. I mean, we've seen very little of him, but he, again, it, it's a decent level. Solihull Moles were, were uh, expected to challenge for the Football League, and he's slid right in there, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, and I think to, to displace or at least move the established player in that position as well. Um, I think James Clark, please correct me because, um, Jay Ben has played at right back or right wing back because they've changed shape quite a lot Solly yeah. Hall this season. And I, I think, and I could be wrong here, but I think Clark has slotted in at right centre half. He has, yeah. When Ben's been playing when they've played a five, but when they've yeah. played a four, Ben's been playing right back. Um so it's almost like he, he's a, a more forward-thinking and probably a, a more longer term option for this season for Solihull. But yeah, I think it's not just credit because he's playing, he's playing week in, week out, which he's never done before, even at Halifax, he only made 12 appearances. This is the first season he's played regular, you know, back-to-back games every single week for for a while, and he's, he's clearly impressed. You know, three assists in six games from someone playing right back or right wing back is is damn impressive. Um, considering he's putting in about three two point six crosses a game, so you know, his his crossing accuracy is clearly on the money, really. So yeah, it's just really promising, really, really promising at the moment.
2: Yeah, because I think his crossing accuracy is just under forty percent. Um, I've downloaded the stats to a, a, a spreadsheet, so I've kind of I've not got the. And you know, I'm not. You're not hearing me clicking away in the background, but again, I think that that's fairly impressive. And actually, cross accuracy is a really big thing. Jay Jaden Brown, for instance, has put a lot of crosses into the box this season, but his crossing accuracy is, is relatively low. down. that's not criticism, by the way, of Jaden, but it's just if you can get into those wide positions, if your accuracy is on the money, that's where these assists can start coming from. You know, if you put the ball into yeah, you know, it's, it's an old kind of saying. My old man would be in the gr- in the ground saying, "If you put the ball in the mix, somebody will eventually score." And that's I think what we're seeing with Jay Ben. What we are also seeing is a flexibility. As you say, you can play right wing back on the uh, with a, with the three behind him. He can play a standard right back in a four, and actually his numbers are not affected all the way through. And his passing accuracy, all that sort of stuff, stays relatively on the on the nose. Um, uh, he's, he's jewels. He wins. More of his jewels than he loses. Um 14 to 14 jewels, 8-1, 23 jewels, 14-1, 28-16-1 there his last couple of games. Bar his I think he only got 48 minutes in his last game against Oxford City, a three-three draw. Um so I think it's interesting. And again, I think given the way that we play, I think it's really a it, it, it's it's promising to know that we've got a right back out there who's playing at a decent level, who's getting regular football, who's got three assists. I'd say at the moment his loan spell is looking you know, really quite successful. It started really
0: well.
3: Yeah, and there's one other stuff that's kind of stood out for me which links into that um, in terms of how would he slot into our system and our kind of style of play. And it's his recoveries, His recovery rate's really high in terms of the amount of times he wins the ball back. So he averages 8.8 recoveries per game. So let's run it up to nine, nine times every match on average. j Bin wins the ball back. That's a lot. That's that's a high amount. Um, and three of those every match on average is in the opposition half. You know, we Lincoln are not a particularly high pressing team. We tend to be a mid block team, but we're an aggressively pressing team. So when the ball goes into those kind of engagement areas, we really press aggressively to try and win it back. And really, really important players in that are the front three, but also particularly the wing backs. So Jay Ben is very much of the style and of the profile of player that we'd want to be in that role. You know, different types of players play in different roles. You know, Danny Mondrio is a very, very different type of player that plays in that role than Rico Hackett, for example. They're very, very different players, but they play in the same position. You you have that different profile of players all over the pitch. And Jay ben in terms of his profile, slots in like a glove, really, in that right wing-back role. So, again, just real positive at the moment.
2: Shades of Regan Paul getting forward, putting the ball in, but still combative, still getting back, still winning the ball. I mean, it's, it's hard to make early comparisons, but that that style of player or a little mm, more attack?
3: I'd say no, to be honest. Um, I, I don't think he's he's quite as, not that he's not as robust, like he's, he clearly wins his duels, like you say. I think Regan, as much as he got forward, I don't think it was as, as natural for him. I think Jay Ben's natural instinct is to, is to try and get forward and, and affect the game in, in the opposition half. And it's really kind of just, Hard working and aggressive out of, out of possession. I think Regan Paul was a bit more measured in that regard. He was obviously outstanding. We know he was outstanding, um, but I yeah personally think they're slightly different profiles of player.
2: Fantastic. Well, let's move on to another player who really I think twelve months ago we would have been hoping that we're talking at the top of the program about him. And in case you haven't noticed, we've started at the lowest level and we're kind of moving through the set, the, the non-league ranks and then we're into the Scottish Football League and then the Football League. So we're going to remain in the National League, and I don't think there's very many Lincoln City fans who thought that Charlie Kendall would be this far down the bill. He's the mid-afternoon um, act on our festival at the moment. He's the you know munching it. I think get some food and he Yeah, exactly. He's the one that you might just catch the last five minutes of. Um, one goal, one assist for Dagenham and Redbridge, who are you know we know they're a, they're, they're a decent team in terms of uh, in terms of their structure. It's a loan where. I mean, we're not going to say last chance saloon because that would go against everything we've said about slow burners, et cetera. What's Charlie now? 20, 22, 23 years old. Yeah, think, yeah. um, what's your impressions?
6: I don't like oh, to negative,
3: but uh, I'm, yeah, pretty negative. And again, kind of for the same reasons that we were positive about Jay ben which is mainly just his profile and how he would fit into Lincoln's team. And not necessarily just the shape, but just a profile player. Um. So yeah, one goal, one assist. Primarily played up front. or he has actually played out on the left and the left wing a little bit. Um. Seventy-five percent passing accuracy is really, really good. Really, really, really good for someone who's a forward. Thinking, you know, you, you're always overloaded by defenders. To you know, for three out of four passes to, to be successful is positive. Overwhelming negative is duels. So um, overall duels win percentages less than twenty percent. Aerial duel win percentage is just seven percent. No, we don't expect him to go be you know a Matt Reid style player and win headers. That's not his profile, but I think it's the overall duels. You know, that means that for every um every five times the ball goes into him, it's lost four times. That just feels like that just feels like a lot. And then we're gonna compare that, gonna compare that to the other players in our squad. Freddie Draper, for example, playing at a level higher, is significantly better in that in that position. So, yeah, we know what Charlie's all about. There, We know he's a goal scorer. When he gets in those goal scoring positions, he's a poacher. You know, maybe his, his build-up and his overall game is the area that needs work. And we hopefully we'll see that develop as the season progresses. But in terms of does he fit in as a profiler player that I can see coming back into Lincoln's squad in January or this time next year and, and really having a, a strong kind of say in the first team, I, I'm really struggling to see it at the moment, sadly. Not just saying he's not a, he's not a good player. Fitting for a different style of team like a glove, probably at the level he's at now. I just think does he suit us? Maybe, maybe not.
2: Um, I love the way you keep saying fitting in like a glove because Pete is definitely yeah, definitely going to pick up on that. You <laughs> know, I don't know. I've just, <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> isn't like a ha- thing, isn't it? It's like a hand in a glove, isn't it? It's like a hand in a glove. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Here's the thing. Seven games, he's got two goal involvements. So if he continued that over the course of the season, he would finish with 12 goal involvements. Um, On average, six or seven assists, six or seven goals. Might say it's not enough. You might say it's enough. Um, But I tend to agree with you in terms of just the profile of player. And as I understand it, the deal for Charlie Kendall came around through knowing his agent and um, us looking at another player and then kind of going and, and looking at Charlie. I think Charlie's one we rolled the dice on. I think, I think it, there's another player who didn't fit, and I, I've likened Charlie to this guy before. And again, might get called whatever for, for saying it, but there's an element of the Mo Iser about him for me. In the Mo Iser in the in the in the 12, uh, 18 yard box, put the ball in his feet, and he he, he will try and do something with it outside of it he's a passenger you're playing with 10 players and that's so the other thing that's the impression a lot of mk dons fans had so when we would when people were saying we should sign Mo Iser, they were looking at the goal return but they weren't thinking how does he fit in because he, he wouldn't, really fit just in wouldn't
3: fit at all at all no
2: and i see a little bit of that in kendall i mean the jewels the last game he played 26 jewels and he won two exactly as you said you yeah, and that's it, it's challenging the game before that the 28 joules, 1-9. There was one 22 joules, 1-1. I mean, it's 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 a difficult time for him. But he's still got a goal and assist, mm-hmm. which actually, if you look at the, the those those jewels and those challenges, you think, well, he's getting absolutely owned week in, week out. But clearly he's not because he's chipped in with a goal. He's chipped in with assist. He's played almost every minute. I think he was taken off in his first game when they lost 2-0 to end. Other than that, he's played every minute. He's played yeah, left so wing. What we're going on here is...
3: Stats, isn't it? And we're yeah, a little bit you see here and there. And, you you know, you only see the the, the clips of the goal. And you see it. That's the only thing you see. You don't see the rest of it. So we're kind of trying to form a bit of a, a picture from the limited amount of knowledge that we have. Um, yeah. So the, the, and the, I think the big thing is he's still getting picked. You know, if someone was getting owned every single game, like if I, you know, i manage a team on Sunday and I've got a young lad out there that's just getting bullied. You just get him out of there. You get him out of the firing line. He brings someone on that's going to be a bit more robust. So he's, cl- he's clearly offering something positive. It's just, um, does it suit us? And yeah, my opinion as it stands now. And I'm, I would love to be wrong and I would love to be corrected and he'd come back and he'd be successful. But my opinion at the moment is maybe maybe not. And you mentioned that we rolled a dice on him. Um, I think we signed him in the same summer that we signed, the same winter, sorry, that we signed J. Uh, ben House. You know, yeah, we so did, it's yeah. Two centre forwards that we signed from. Non-league football for not a lot, not a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of things. You know, if you've got a fifty percent hit rate, one of them becomes a regular first-team player that, like, um, saying Jay, like Ben, like Ben House does, um, and then the other one maybe doesn't quite work out. I think that's pretty damn worth worth the investment, worth rolling the dice. You get to fifty percent success rate, and potentially sell one for a good a good fee. Then you you've already kind of made what you've what you've spent on the other one, and you've had, of course, the the benefit that they've had for the actual team on the pitch as well. So, yeah, I really hope I really hope he proves me wrong, but I just I really struggle to see it at the moment.
2: So we're going from one end of the pitch to the other now uh, and one end of the country to the other as well. So we're going from an attacker in Dagenham to a goalkeeper in Falkirk. Um, so Falkirk, it may surprise you to find, are effectively the third division in Scotland. So they're in the Scottish League One, I believe um but very much in my mind kind of one of the bigger scottish clubs so I'm growing up they I think they were always in the scottish premier league off the top of my head I remember kind of you know they they were the 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 bigger team one of the bigger teams kind of outside that that kind of hibernian hearts aberdeen so they're a decent sized team uh they've taken Sam Long he had a great loan spell at Trahida he had a pretty tough season last season at boston united and um then he did go to bromley i believe didn't he, he worked under Andy Woodman and then we recalled him um, we were due to speak with a Falkirk fan, but he let Charlie down. But Charlie, and that's Beeston, not Kendall, by the way, um, and not the Charlie you heard barking earlier in the background. Too many Charlies. Uh, he has been looking at stats and figures. So we'll bring him in for now. He's been waiting patiently in the green room. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm all good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, you've been listening for the last 25 minutes, know. so you should know by now. It's I a silly like question to ask. I know, <laughs> I know he's polite. I know he's polite, but honestly, come I'm on. I'm just trying to be nice. Of course. Yeah. But this is this is the stacy west podcast we don't do that do we not all the fair time point, fair points um so talk to us about sam long what, what what were your what have your impressions been what have you kind of found
5: out looking through the numbers um overwhelmingly positive if i'm honest um you've you mentioned the fact that obviously Falkirk, kind of one of the sort of perennial big boys in the league behind the celtic and Rangers, or you know used to be in in the past like i said they are now in the third tier they're going into their fifth season in the third tier um so you know you can liken them to sort of Sunderland the Ports or something like that. Somebody who's dropped down a couple of couple of divisions, um, but they are currently top of the league with Sam Long starting every single one of their league matches so far. Uh, what's interesting about Falkirk's season is they actually started it in July with cup games. So they have a one of the Scottish Cups has a group stage that's played in sort of July, um, and he played a few games in that as well. His his second competitive start was uh, quite an eventful one because there was a penalty shootout at the end of it. It was a cup competition similar to the Papa John's trophy, where if you win the penalty shootout, you get a, an extra point in the group stage. Um, he made three penalty saves in that game, but unfortunately misplaced a short pass, which resulted in one of the defenders getting a red card, trying to stop a clear and obvious goal. Uh, and then the Unfortunately, the attacker then scored from the free kick. Anyway, um, so it was a it was a really eventful game for him that one, but overwhelmingly really positive. He's he, he made an immense double double save against Sterling Albion. Um, I went back and watched the highlights of, of that particularly, and if you get a chance to watch it, because it's really really impressive. Um, he they were actually playing Air United this week, a team that I'm sure will be mentioned very soon. But unfortunately, Sam Long wasn't actually playing. Um, but yeah, no, they. He he seems to be doing really well. But a couple of games, he's not even had a shot on target against him. In all fairness, so he's not even had any XG uh, go against him, or none that's noted down on the stats. Um, but one of them, he had sort of what one XG for the opposition team, and he didn't concede. He managed to keep a clean sheet. He's kept three clean sheets. He's conceded three goals. Uh, he's made some really good saves. Overwhelmingly, it all seems really positive. Excellent. And obviously falkirk they've actually not been in the Scottish Premier
2: League since 2010, but I think they had six years in there after that. So Chris, you um, your impressions of
3: Mr Long? Yeah, really positive as well. So I've watched a few clips. I hadn't actually seen much in terms of stats, but I've watched a few clips and what stood out to me more than anything was his distribution. He'd been yeah. outstanding. So you mentioned, you know, that maybe the one little mishap he's had is um, is was that little short pass out. It would appear he's definitely, he's definitely learned that lesson because his short passing accuracy in the league this season is 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know maybe a little little error in the you know early pre season game, but since then he's been outstanding, but what really stood out is he got sixty percent accuracy for his long passing that's that's massively accurate from a goalkeeper because you you know your long pass is much longer than a, a long pass from a centre off from a field going traveling a fur far greater distance and I watched a couple of the clips there's one really stood out to me, which was he come and caught, caught across and then he distributed the ball really quickly with a kind of a like a sidewind to keep it kept it really low and it was uh it was wide it was basically a perfectly placed through ball down for their left winger. Yeah, I watched maybe 10 clips or something this morning. So hopefully that didn't count for too much of the um, video time on Y Scout. Um, but yeah, just kind of clicked on this, clicked on this, clicked on this. And it was just there. That was really what stood out to me more than anything. I think we know he's a good shot stopper. With all the reports he's had at every club he's been at, he's been a good shot stopper. It's been that other other elements of his game. Um, yeah, he, so for him to come and catch across, which is something that we haven't seen too much of, and then a real good distribution, quick distribution. And then just just accurate distribution as well. Clearly, with 100% short passing and 60% long passing, it does he does fit in to Lincoln. Is he the profile of player that fits in? Yes, I know both of our goalkeepers currently are, what six foot a million, um, and Sam Long is maybe slightly shorter. But if you've got the spring in your legs and you've got the distribution, you've got the you know the safe hands just as the other guys have, then it doesn't matter how tall you are. And of course, I'm going to be quite stoic in defending that. <laughs> as a five foot nine goal. Cool.
2: I'm quite That's surprised you didn't probably, use the fitting like a glove analogy here, which probably would have worked better than it does for a right back. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what what I would say about this loan is, I feel it's quite a safe loan for Sam. Yeah, yeah, of course, make that. And I, sense. I think what that underlines is our desire to see him develop rather than go and prove, prove yourself. And I know that sound, that might sound a little silly, but actually by going to Falkirk, where he's got a decent defence in front of him where they're expected to be higher up, he is going to face fewer shots. As Charlie said, there's been two, two league games at the five this season where he hasn't faced a shot at all. Um, but he's still outperforming his expected go- goals conceded by a goal. So he's still doing what's required when needed. But I think for a young goalkeeper, when he went to Boston United, it was a fragile defence in front of him. The fans were on their backs all the time. It wasn't a positive loan for him. And I think we've sent him here to build him up. I still think we have a long-term interest um, in developing Sam Long as a footballer for Lincoln City. Whereas you look at one or two of the other loans that have gone out. We mentioned Morgan Worsford, Greg, we mentioned Charlie Kendall, where we're kind of, you've got to go and do it, lads. Otherwise, it's, do you know what I mean? You've got something to prove now where I think it's a little bit different with Sam.
3: One thing I will add with Falkirk, because I think the level and the, the, the style of team that they are in terms of being pushing at the top end, it's the first time he's been at that and exposed to a team at the top end of a, a table. You know, is it Draheda who are perennial strugglers in the in the Irish Prem? They've only just recently turned professional, I think, haven't they? Obviously, Boston at the time were really struggling. Falkirk are fully professional. Big club, like the, the attendances that Falkirk get are much more similar to what we'll expect to play in, like in League Two in England. Um, lovely stadium, by the way, Cooks new ground. Lovely. Um, yeah. So I think in terms of just the environment he's playing in, certainly for those home games will definitely be a lot more similar. And probably the first time he's really experienced that sort of environment, really, in terms of just the off pitch stuff, I think. Um, so yeah, maybe there's something in that. So maybe it's a safe learning regards to, he has a real option to impress there, but also it's testing is other elements of his game and maybe other elements of his, like the mental side of the game. Compared to what he's been at before, but yeah, all positive so far, and that's all—that's all good news.
2: So it's it's it, it, like Chris said. It, it Whilst we look at the level and think, actually, well, it's Scottish League One, which some might say is Conference, some might say is less than Conference. know so yeah, that's very much not the case, Charlie.
5: No, it's it is it is still a a good level, um, and like you say, it's it's a team fighting at the top. Um, I, I just want to. Kind of just pick up on one of the key points that Chris was making regarding distribution. Obviously, yeah, sixty percent is 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 kind of long pass accuracy, but actually, in four of the five league games, that's been sixty-seven percent or higher. And there's actually one of the games was he had one uh, accurate long pass with uh, out of a total of five, and that was in the game where they drew two all. He had an XG conceded of. To uh, conceded like obviously conceded to obviously a team that had come at them so even then that may be more the fact that the players on the pitch weren't able to win the jewels for you know you know for all the ball and i always find it really difficult when you're looking at kind of long passes and long pass accuracy with a goalkeeper because it's so much of it can be down to the outfield players in the midfield not winning jewels if for example you've spoken about charlie kendall if sam long was trying to boot that ball up to charlie kendall his pass accuracy, long pass accuracy, isn't going to be anywhere near as good if he's trying to boot up to a Matt Reid to knock it on. That sort of thing happens. But the short pass accuracy, as we've spoken about, being 100% in the league, you know, after that one maybe slightly sloppy mistake, but it being 100% in the league. And one of the key things that Sam Long in his interview after that um, pre well, early cup match was... Because he said, if we want to play like this, unfortunately, these mistakes may end up happening every now and again. But it's about trying to push through them and not letting it affect you. So he's already clearly got a really strong attitude um, to to continue doing exactly what the coach wants him to do and improve on it, which I think can only be a positive thing. And like you said, Gaz, it it really pushes towards developing him more as a player, because I definitely see a long term future for Sam Long at this football club.
2: Smash him. Well, thank you very much, Charlie. Now that you've pulled stats apart, we're going to get rid of you again um, because obviously, but no, it's a great point, And I've often said that about crossing accuracy mm-hmm. is that you can put 10 crosses into the box. They can be in the perfect area. Somebody doesn't get on the end of it and you're the, you know, it's, it, it shows as negative
1: cross accuracy. So, um,
2: yeah. So, Charlie, thank you very much for that. We'll say goodbye to you. Ta. Um, right, so there we go. Charlie is now gone and watching. So we're going to stay in Scotland, um, but we're certainly not going to be talking in any depth whatsoever about the next loan because when you send a player out on loan, the key is that he gets football matches. And I think last season we saw that wasn't the case, for instance, at Jovan at Brackley, for instance, at with... um Charlie Kendall at Sutton didn't get as much game time. You need to get players game time. Alicia Rahue has gone to the Scottish Championship, Air, who were knocking on the door of the, the Scottish Premiership. Now, that was, I'm not going to say it was an ambitious loan for Alicia because we thought that he might be around our first team. He certainly looked good at Boston. And I know that was a, a pre-season friendly against a you know a relatively lowly non-league club.
3: Now Air is struggling this year. They've only got three points a they from bottom. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? They've got someone there who you clearly, it would appear has been just kind of cast aside already. When they're in a struggling team, you know, struggling teams will always see a, a more change in their squad and lineups than a team that's been successful because you're, you're searching for that, you know, that that kind of successful component, aren't you? So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's maybe I'm a bit surprised because maybe because of the success of the general success that we've had with Lens, of course, you've, you've highlighted a couple of those ones that haven't worked out. And I suppose they never all work out. It's just a shame because particularly in pre-season, Alicia really impressed me um, and we, we were discussing before we signed Burroughs. Of how you know potentially he could be that that backup wing back that we expected to to see maybe stay as part of the squad. You know we we had particularly the right wing back role. We had Sorensen, we had Ben, and we had Ahoey and we all expected Ben to go out on loan because it felt like he needed the football more than Hui did. He had a great loan at Drohada, and you wanted to really kick on from there. Um, and it just seems like he hasn't really had the opportunity to yet. So,
2: um, look at the minute we're on the ninth of September. So we're talking about the first six weeks of loan spells. We're not talking about a full season. So there's plenty of time for leecher to come in. We don't know if he's gone there and not kind of been fully fit in training, or we don't quite know what the situation is. And it, you know, it's hard to glean too much. It's not like a Man United player going on loan to Bolton, where the news is there all the time and you know exactly what's going on. It's a little bit harder to dig down into air united in the league he's only appeared once i think he from what we, we understand he did play in the league cup defeat uh against um Falkirk. now lee bullen uh, is the air manager and it's really interesting that he's saying things like um the frustrating thing is we're not creating enough in the final third we've had one trundling shot their keeper throwing his hat on to save this is key we're not putting enough balls into the box or creating enough in the final third and that show tonight. Well, that's the sort of thing that you would expect a Huey to be doing. Um, the news article also mentioned how three of their loan signings, Jay Senga, Jack Young and Roy Silla, were all handed starts, whereas it, we're also under the impression that Huey got a start as well, not mentioned in the in the, the, the main write-up there. So I think it points at significantly bigger problems at A United than one loan player not settling in entirely Um, I think actually that could be really good for Alicia because it's character building, negative. It's like Sam Long. Sam Long's doing well at Falkirk. Now, what happened to him last season is something that will always be with him now in his career. Uh, They're struggling, they're not getting in the team, they're conceding goals, the fans getting on the back. And I actually don't think that's a bad thing for a young player to experience, to be honest.
3: No, like you say, character building. It's a shame that Alicia hasn't had the opportunity to really push on from a successful loan. I think that's the big thing. And you're on about like experiencing those hardships. Well, Sean Rowan did that. He burst onto the scene, then didn't get a look in for months and months and months and months and months before he had a, then had his successful loan at Trajada. So yeah, you're right. Um, we all need to experience those kind of negatives, don't we? To, to kind of create who we are, really, and to allow us to know how to deal with those situations. I just feel it's a real shame for Alicia because he he did really impress at you know, he was He was named in the, I think, the the league team of the year, wasn't he? Only, only there for half a season. So he obviously impressed in that regard. And it's just a shame that he hasn't had the opportunity to impress, but with the squad being rotated quite significantly in the league cup, um the air, air and with them struggling in the league, you know, and you mentioned only really, what five, six games into the season for them. It's not, this isn't, this isn't necessarily how it's going to be for the rest of the season for him. I really, really hope he gets his chance. You know, okay, if, if this is his, his little spell where he needs to struggle and, and, you know, adapt and learn to deal with those situations, great. But I'd love to see him to come out the end of it, get a go and get a start in the league. Take that chance with two hands or two feet, if you like, if you're going to move away from a glove and Wearing gloves. Take yes. it with two
2: hands, wearing gloves.
3: <laughs> and then, of course, come back to, to us, um, hopefully prep for the first team. If yeah. he goes through that difficult season but comes out the other end kind of shining, I think that's real positive. But yeah. I just want to see him have a chance.
2: Yeah, and, and like you just said, it's early in the season. We're recording this on the 9th of September, um, which, you know, with, what, six weeks into the season. Do you know what other significant Lincoln City event happened on the 9th of September? Uh, no, no, I don't. Pretty sure, sure it's the day Danny Cowley
3: left. Oh, oh heartbreaking.
2: I'm pretty sure it's, Charlie will check that in the green room for us, but I'm pretty sure that the 9th of September, 2019 was the day that Danny Cowley left. So just four years ago. And doesn't it seem like a, a, an awful long while ago? It certainly does. Um, so we're going to move on to our final player. And this one, I am absolutely thrilled to talk about. I really am. Um, but before we talk about it, Let's get to the fourth. Well, not the fourth member of the Stacey West podcast team. Obviously, he's the second member of the Stacey West podcast team, uh, Ben Ward. Um, so Ben has been talking to Rob from the Yellow Ribbon Pod, uh, all about. And that's obviously Walsall. Just in case you were under, just in case you thought that Ben had, you know, because he doesn't claims not to know a lot, he's he's rung somebody up from Colchester to talk about Freddie Draper. Uh, he has got the right team. It's Rob from the Yellow Ribbon Pod, uh, and he's talking to Ben about Sir Freddie Draper.
0: So yeah, I am joined by Rob from the Yellow Ribbon Podcast here to talk about Freddie Draper and his time at Walsall. How are we doing, Rob? You well?
4: Yeah, not too bad. as we As we said before, it's it's very nice and hot everywhere at the moment. So <laughs> that's
0: uh... yeah. It's uh, it seems to have um, yeah. It just seems to be a, a bit of an Indian summer, um, but instead of just kind of regularly warm weather, we're now absolutely baking. But can't complain because we would if it was too cold. So um we've obviously uh, loaned out Freddie draper to you guys um for the season um looking over your results so far in the league at least you know two wins two draws two losses about about you know about where you'd expect to be a you know, decent start to the season or um i think on the face
4: of it yeah i think kind of where we're at at the moment is pretty much where we should be mm-hmm. but there's definitely been opportunities to to have more points we've let in a couple of late goals we've sort of dropped I think it's potentially three points already from from the 90th minute onwards or the 85th minute onwards with late goals and but that's us not defending properly so you sort of think you kind of do deserve it yeah but it's it's still heartbreaking when you concede in the 90-odd minute and uh
0: (laughs) I mean we draw a
4: game and you've been cruising but hey-ho
0: yeah, we had a, a two-all draw um, a couple of weeks back uh, away, and it was, you know, we, we, we probably a fair result, but at the time it, it really stunned. So. Um, but we're not here to talk about, your, you know, your defence, uh, you defending, sorry. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, up at the other end of the pitch um, with Freddie. So he, he kind of, he struggled a little bit in our first team um, a couple of seasons ago, but that was mainly because we we basically had one senior striker in the squad with Tom Hopper um, and then Tom was out through an injury and essentially Freddie was kind of pushed into the limelight maybe a little bit too soon Um, maybe came under a bit of undue criticism from some sections but he then had a spell out in Ireland over over at uh, Drogheda, and it seems like that really benefited him. He kind of, he he came to, you know, found himself a little bit um, while he was out there. Do you think that's probably an indication of, you know, the player that's come to you? Does, does he seem fairly confident in himself? How does he, you know, how's he settled into to the team there?
4: Definitely. I think the, I think when you get him back from us, you'll notice he's had a, well, I think it was, was it half a season over in Ireland? But yeah. he's, one of the first names on the team sheet for us at the moment, Okay, he he's just, he's a very confident player considering he is so young. Mm. Um, he, I think probably what he's learned from his time away is how to kind of use his physicality. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that he has in abundance. You know, he's, he is a unit and he, is full of energy. And those combined, he just, he bullies defenses. And I mean that in, in, as a compliment, yeah. he really does bully them and pressures them. And yeah, gives his all. He's, he's made a, a kind of a, a bit of a, a name for himself already at the club. He's well liked with the fans because of his work rate. And yeah, I think he's, he's definitely benefited from this not being his first sort of loan spell and playing regular football.
0: Excellent stuff. I mean, that's that's great to hear. I mean, we you know, he's well liked amongst amongst the fans as well at Lincoln. Um, you know when he when he came into the first team, obviously, like I say, it was a bit of a difficult situation, but uh, you could tell he was really trying to apply himself, and that that was one of the things that I wanted to pick up on with you about. You know, his attitude, his application. Um, it was always seen as a strong point. He's always wanting to better himself. He's always wanting to you know improve as a person and as a player. Um, and with that in mind. You know, is that something you've obviously said he's, he's making a bit of a connection with the fans. Is that something you're seeing um, week in, week out with him at the moment?
4: Yeah, I think even when we've kind of not had maybe particularly good game going forward, he's tried his best. He's sort of applied himself in the right way and hasn't given up, mm-hmm. which you you know at lower league level, not everyone's going to be 7 8 out of 10 every week otherwise they'd be playing higher up yeah but the fundamentals and the basics of you know giving your all and trying throughout the whole match will win you a good rapport with the fans because that's what they want to see obviously mm-hmm. they want to see goals assists and good you know silky attacking play but if that's not happening the very basic is we want you. We want to see our players giving their all for the shirt. And he, I'd say, it doesn't feel like he's a loner in the respect of the the he he feels like he or it feels like he has a connection to the club, and he is obviously trying to make the most of this, yeah. and he's treating it as this is my club,
0: mm-hmm.
4: which is always good to see. It's always painful when players leave, but. It's good to see for the the time that they're with us.
0: Yeah, it's the, the never ending story of never fall in love with a lone player, isn't it? It's, yeah, so. and,
4: and that's the thing as well. He's in a position where last season we had Danny Johnson on loan and there was a, a whole saga with him leaving in January and Mansfield playing hardball and Yeah, and we we've been stung by falling in love with a loney, e, so <laughs> we might be a little bit cautious with Freddie.
0: Ah, fair enough. Well um I'm I'm questions around a little bit because that actually leads me nicely onto another one. Um, Lincoln have made quite a few um, attacking signings over the window, um, so you know we, we've got the likes of um, of Jack Moylan coming in in January, so you know he's going to be there. Uh, we've got Jack Vale as well, who we've brought in on loan, um, so we're kind of filling out that attacking third um, a lot more than you know we, we would have done previously, so not to try and get your hopes up too much but i think the chances of a recall are, are quite low um so with that in mind um you know obviously barring a, an injury to a player or something severe going on um you, you say he's one of the first names on the team sheet do you think he's going to be do you, do you think this could be like a, a breakout season for him and he, he could be one of your bigger players definitely
4: i think he's which probably you will want to hear he should be featuring at Playing at least thirty games this season, which stuff, yeah. for a nineteen-year-old, I believe he's still nineteen, yeah. um, who you know, kind of, I don't know how many games he did play for you, but I don't think it was many.
0: Yeah, it was. It wasn't too many. Like I say, I think um, it, it was. He kind of got drafted in during that yeah. injury to, to Tom Hopper, so it was sort of. It felt, and this is absolutely no disrespect to Freddie whatsoever, it felt a little bit like a last resort because he was available. Well, I mean,
4: two seasons ago, he's, what, 17? Yes. It's it's a lot of pressure. Mm. The the loan in Ireland, I think from memory, he only played about 15 games, something around that. It wasn't loads of matches because I think he joined halfway through the season and they don't have as many fixtures. Yeah. I think he's really going to benefit from playing week in, week out. And the maintaining that level Mm -hmm. so i think yeah it could be a bit of a breakout season i think for us i don't see why he he wouldn't be if he continues this form in the running for young player of the season wow okay because we've got a lot of young talented players but he he's already shown that he's got the ability Mm. you know he's scored he's got a couple of assists he's been a he has been key going forward because he's played I think he's played every game that he. Because he had a suspension from Ireland that carried over. Yeah, that's right. Um, But league wise, he's playing every week at the moment. So I I don't see why he,
0: unless he tails off in form, won't be starting more than he isn't. Excellent stuff. I mean, that's. Well, yeah, it's music to a Lincoln fans' ears. To be honest, it's kind of we're normally the the team that have have got the loney in, and we're you know we're we're making the best out of him. But it sounds like he's um, he's really fitting in. I mean, what what sort of system do you guys play? How do you how do you line up, and where does Freddie fit into the puzzle?
4: So we play three five two with mm-hmm. wing backs who are more attacking wing backs okay. than defensive. Um, they are encouraged to sort of bomb on and really push up high and really end up in the box as well. So Freddie plays predominantly alongside Danny Johnson, although he didn't in last week's game. He played again uh, alongside Jamil Matt. And he, he sort of, when teams are trying to play out from the back, he is that, sort of, he presses. He's the one out of the two strikers that will hustle defenders, uh, kind of pressure them, try and stop almost the first line of defense and yeah. um, the I can't remember which game it was now it was our first home game pass but he if you can find the highlight of the goal it literally comes from a defender spending too long on the ball Freddie winning it going slightly out to the right wing and putting in a really good ball for Danny Johnson to just do what Danny Johnson does and I, I had a chat with Harley, who I do the podcast with, and I said, I don't know whether Freddy's gonna score as many this season,
0: mm. but
4: if he is the one that wins the ball in the final third, lays it off, gets the assist, Walsall fans are gonna be happy because That's he's fun. he's involved in goals. Um wow. so yeah, I think he's sort of a bit of a he'll tie defences out for us. Um And he's still getting fitter because he missed a couple of matches with suspension. So he's still building his sort of match fitness. And obviously, no disrespect to the Irish League at all, but it's a different type of football in the EFL. Um, So I think he's still kind of adapting to that a little bit. But when he gets fully adjusted, it's going to be awesome.
0: Excellent stuff. Now, that's again, I mean, we, we play sort of a 3 4 3. So we, you know, we have wing backs that, that drop back and make that uh, back five when it's needed. Um, but one thing that, you know, we, we do notice is that when you have the three up top, obviously, if Freddie were to come back into the setup, he would probably be a lone striker more than, well, not a lone striker as such, but like he would be the, the, the focal, focal point. point. Yeah. yeah. The focal point of that front three. Um, so it's interesting to say that, you know, it sounds like he's thriving really well in a two. Yeah, um,
4: I, I don't. We haven't seen him as a, as a sole striker, mm. uh, or if we have, it's been a last minute system change where yeah. we're chasing a game, and you can't really judge him off of that. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how he'd fare in that because I think as the lone striker, you need to play as the furthest man forward, obviously. Yeah. Whereas when you have two, you can have that. The striker that drops a little deeper, and the one that plays more advanced. So,
0: yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it's I say alone strike. Obviously, we've got the three, and they, they kind of you know close in where they need to. But that's that's getting into our side of things more than you guys. Um, so, I mean, we'll wrap it up um, there. But you know, is there anything else? Any other attributes that you find in you know interesting about Freddie, or you know how have uh, anything? extra that you want to add or you know I mean unfortunately I I can't I can't make the decision to to let you keep him (laughs) that's not up to me unfortunately
4: well if you could that'd be great you know if (laughs) you pull some strings I it's it's refreshing to hear that that Lincoln have signed a couple of strikers and have got another one coming in in January that we can hopefully keep hold of him for a season because I think that's going to be key Mm -hmm. the it's, it's his physicality it's just it's quite unique for someone his age. Yeah. Um that he uses his strength well and isn't just headless chicken that's got a lot of energy. Mm. He's sort of and he's gonna continue learning that and I think he will be I'd say after a season of League two football, if he obviously does play consistently, he should be ready to push on into sort of at least be in and around the squad at Lincoln. But, you know, if you've got loads of strikers and want to sell in.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you've got seven figures lying around. It'll be fine. Um, ah,
4: we'll do six for the sell-on.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, look, no, it's been great. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Um, if you just want to let everyone know where we can find you and uh, we'll we'll put you a little plug in the pod.
4: Yeah, we are at the Yellow Ribbon Podcast. So you can find us on Twitter at Ribbon Podcast. Uh, and then on Facebook as well, Yellow Ribbon Podcast. Just... Give us a like and a follow, and good luck for the season.
0: Yeah, and to you guys as well. I mean, hopefully, you know, when uh, when we have another, uh, if we have another break, we'll we'll get you back on and see how he's uh, see how Freddie's progressing later later down the line.
4: Yeah, although if you do recall him in January, I might not come on for that. Uh, oh, if recall we recall
0: like him in January, I'm just going to block you. It's fine. Cool, thanks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, thank you.
2: Brilliant, thank you, Ben. Uh, genuinely good to hear your voice on the podcast. Um, so great work there. Really enjoyed that. I actually sat listening to that earlier, uh, going back to a callback to our first conversation um, on the throne. Uh, listening to Ben, <laughs> so it was quite uh, quite good. Look, that was really enthusiastic. Um, you know, the the first thing there that Rob says is first name on the team sheet, and we've got a nineteen year old striker out on loan in the football league. And he's the first name on the team sheet. He's got um, goal assists. At the moment, it's looking like
3: he started life really well, though, isn't it? Massively. His um his time on the pitch has increased every game 66, 70, 72, 94, 98. So he's, he's given his chance, he's taken it, and then he's really cemented his team as a, not just a starting player, but like you said, one of the first names on the team sheet. This is brilliant for Lincoln City they said they were particularly impressed by his physicality which was really interesting for me so um, I do all the the data for the football manager game for Lincoln City and pre-season is obviously quite a busy time so I have to go through edit everyone and and, you know change bits and bobs and obviously did my bit on Freddie Draper um, and did edit it from last season a little bit and once a player goes out on loan you then lose control of, of that player then the, 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 the loaning club then takes kind of control. And I was just kind of flicking through the database a couple of days ago and saw that the Walsall um, researcher had significantly, significantly improved Freddie Draper um, and pr- particularly improved his strength attribute. And so for something to stand out quite so dramatically, for it, you know someone to go into a database, you know volunteer to go and do that, edit this to, to change it to make it more accurate to you know what represents what's happening in real life, and if it's be that significantly different, it just kind of just took me by surprise really. I think we all knew kind of on the grapevine and kind of what we've read and what we've seen that Freddie was impressing. but for me to go bloody hell like that's a massive change, and then of course to hear to listen to the conversation that that, that Ben had, it's just yeah, it's really really exciting.
2: Now, we talk about the players out on loan. We've talked about Charlie and how does he really fit into what we want to do, how we set up and how Jay ben does. Um, Freddie Draper, I think, absolutely does. You know, there's very much the... Um, there's an air of the kind of Ben House about him, I think, and certainly in the way that they've been talking about his work rate, about his application. Uh, I think they said that he looks like he's playing for the shirt, not like a lone player who's come in. He comes across as, as a typically no nonsense player. And I've seen some, criticism or some doubting uh, on social media about the future that freddie has and we forget how young he is we forget how young he was when he came in he did burst onto the scene with those goals against norwich in the youth cup and then he he got his run under um appleton when he came he started i think at sheffield wednesday or he, he started or uh, came on away at wigan and could have scored and um kind of floated away a little bit after that for a season so to see him not only because it's also remember let's This is the football league. We're not talking about him being out playing against, you know, Edinburgh City or or some obscure non-league team. I mean, he has played against Grimsby, but um, other than that, I mean, he's played against Crewe, Wrexham, Stockport, Colchester, you know, big clubs and Grimsby, obviously, um, in League Two. It's it's the sort of experience that for a 19-year-old, we're on the inside looking out. And so we see Freddie Draper going out. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. Walsall have taken a 19-year-old kid from League One on a drooling over him.
3: Yeah, it's I'm kind of running out of positive words to say. It's just it's just really, really exciting. And we still haven't got a number nine in the squad, unless Jack Bales has been given that, that hasn't been announced yet. But we have, currently don't have a number nine in the squad. Oh, wouldn't it be brilliant if uh, Freddie Draper absolutely smashes it for the rest of this until Christmas, comes into our team in January and then scores 10 goals? between now and the end of the season, cements himself as our number nine. Oh, for the the next few years as well. Wouldn't that be just, wouldn't that be fantastic? That just kind of proves that the whole system just works, doesn't it? And it's those, it's the the only player that's a forward player in this, that we think has got a real genuine chance of being part of the team going forward. And they're the ones that make you money. They're the ones that excite the fans. They're the ones that, you know, really can help take the club onto the next level. And, it's just really exciting, and, and just that direct comparison with Charlie Kendall that we touched on earlier. You know, he wins one in four of his headers. Every time the ball goes forward, it sticks one in three times. You know, it's he's it, it, two or three times more effective in those duels than Charlie Kendall is, and clearly has added other elements to his game. He's, he's got three goal involvement so far, but what really seems to be standing out is his all round game. You know, and that was kind of the opposite to Charlie. We know what Charlie can do; it's about the other stuff. With Freddie, it's his overall kind of the whole package that which is impressing the Walsall fans more than anything, and that is just yeah, just really really encouraging. So keep it up, please, Freddie. We've We've got high hopes for you, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be over the moon if it continues like this, won't we? All of us.
2: The other thing that I would say that Rob picked up on was um, reckons that he might get more assists than goals. Now, I think that's quite important because strikers are almost always judged on their goals you sign a player the first thing that a lot of people do is go on wikipedia and see what his goal ratio is like but actually when you look at ben house hasn't scored yet this season that has been you know, has had a good
3: strong start to the season. games to be honest
2: yeah and, and created goals and when you play as we do in that in that three four three actually if you're two wide players or you're two kind of outside forwards are tucking in and, and kind of trying to feed off a striker, the striker doesn't necessarily need to get an awful lot of goals. And you think about Matt Reed, um in the National League season. I don't think he was the leading scorer. Um, he might have been actually with penalties, but certainly not from open play. Uh, but he created so many goals. And then the next year when we went up and <clears throat> won the Checker Trade Trophy, he wasn't a goal machine. That people fed off him. Matt Green fed off him. The ball came to him. And it, I kind of see elements of that. And for a 19-year-old striker, not to just be... Kind of single-minded, snatching at things, but to be creating, to be holding the ball up, I think is really, really interesting. Um, and Rob, I think, said check out the assist in the Stockport game—a perfect example of what he's bringing to that the was, team. That was his
3: first assist. That was a brilliant. That was yeah, the really raking, wonderful uh, back out the pitch. Yeah. great ball in, and then a, then a yeah, then a finish. Yeah, Danny Johnson won it. Yeah, danny Yeah.
2: So, to be playing in the two, yeah, it's positive. Look, we're talking here about six games, and, and two of those were against non opposition in Brighton under 21s and Grimsby. But we get 10, 15 <laughs> games down the line. <laughs> Oh, stop it, Gary. <clears throat> we get 10 or 15, you know, 20 games down the line and, and we'll we'll see a lot more. So all of this enthusiasm may well die away. And we're doing exactly what I always say not to do, and that's get carried away by things early doors. But you know, we're a podcast and we are massively, massively overrunning because we're at 54 minutes now, and that's without the two interviews, which could be 10-15 minutes each. We could be an hour and 20 minutes in already. Um so we perhaps ought to wrap it up there. Maybe um, so. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, so, uh, look, so look, thank you very much to uh, Charlie and Ben. Thank you very much to Rob from the Yellow Ribbon Pod. Thank you very much to Callum from the Real EFL for coming on. Thank you for listening. Um, me and Chris are now going to do, we're not going to do it the same, obviously, because we we, we we don't live with each other, but we're now going to go and enjoy the sunshine um, and soak up what will be the last big weekend of the summer. Um, But all that there is to say for now is... Up the imps. Up the
6: imps.
2: (laughs) It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Imagine
3: Exclusions apply. See site for details.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.